I'm Allison Katzkowski, otherwise known as The Allison K. I'm a fitness innovator and entrepreneur turned business mentor and retreat master. A client experience is more than just making the sale or the transaction. A client experience is about how it's put together so that clients can receive amazing real transformation. Here you'll hear all about how the industry leaders are creating amazing experiences. I'm always going to give it to you straight because I know your time is valuable. Are you ready? Let's get into the show. Hey everyone, it's Allison Katzkowski. Welcome to this week's edition of Creating the World's Best Client Experiences. I'm your host. And this week, what I want to do is kind of give you a behind the scenes look at how our first retreat experience of May of this year, uh, we just wrapped that up as of late last week. And so what I wanted to do, since we talk all about client experiences here, um, we talk about you know, the challenges that we have, as you've heard from a couple of my guests that I've featured already, obviously the wins that we're having too, but also what I wanted just sort of give you a bird's eye view of the behind the scenes look. For those of you that know me and have been following me for a while, you know I love doing retreat experiences in my business. I really believe a retreat experience is not only one of the most amazing containers that you can provide for clients, for people in your community, and really to help you showcase and promote your business, but it also allows your clients to have a completely different, completely different type of container as well. It's about us as well as it is about them, right? But what we want to always remember is that we want to create an environment that not only allows us to showcase all the things that we do well, but also that allows your clients to have the most amazing, maybe not complete transformation, but you want them to have an amazing experience too. And let's be honest, I think you know, online isn't going anywhere. Um, using Zoom or Google Meet or whatever technology app you use is not going anywhere. It's just going to get bigger, I believe over the next several years. If anything, 2020 sort of exploded that onto the scene, but that's only going to get bigger. But here's the thing. In-person is really where a lot of the magic is. And imagine what you could do if you either added an in-person experience of some type or you used in-person with whatever technology that you're already using in your business. Personally, I really believe that in the next five years, the technology space is going to be changing even more. And who knows, there may be some other platform out there that we're all using to stream other than Zoom or Google Meet or whatever else it is that you use. I think right now, a lot of business leaders are leaning into thinking of using some type of in-person experience, or maybe you were doing that already and got away from it. Now you want to go back. That's something that, I'm, that I call the hybrid business model. It's one of the things that I teach inside of my Innovate Mastermind too. So if you're thinking, if you're doing your business all one way right now, whether that's in person or online, okay, then think about what it would take for you, not just in terms of the growth and the development that you would need to do as a business leader, but what would need to change in your business to be able to add that as well. And right now in the conversations that I'm having with a lot of business leaders and influencers and entrepreneurs, is that I think they re- people really want to be adding some type of in-person component. I feel like that was really big before 2020 and we got away from it. And I think we're starting to see that to come back. But I think what we're also seeing is there's some hesitancy and resistance, especially if you're used to 
working with people 100% virtually right now. Maybe going back to in-person really isn't on your radar. So what I would like for you to just think about as I share how I decided to do this experience and what makes this different and the fact that this is the first month in my career that I've done two retreats back to back. And I'll be doing a second one here and we'll be kicking that off next week on May 18th. And that's a sold out group. So I just wanted to give you some ahas on my part that I had as a retreat leader, some changes that I made to my program, what made me decide to make those changes, and really how I roll as far as developing a retreat experience. Um, if this is something that you think you'd like to explore, or this is something that you'd like to perhaps think about adding to your business either now or in the future, please go to my website at www.theallisonk.com and send me a message. And we could hop on a quick call and just talk. I've been having a lot of conversations with business leaders lately that they think this is a direction they want to go in 2024 and perhaps later this year. So if that's you, even if you're the least bit curious, if you're not quite sure, maybe you can take it on right now, but you're thinking in the near future, it could be a real possibility, then we definitely need to be talking about what that looks like. If for anything else, here's another reason why I really want to stress this. Right now, I feel like people want to be together. People want to be together in person. People want to be having different and unique experiences. So I want you to be open to that if that's you as a business leader too, because you can absolutely do this, create change for your clients and make a reasonable, not just reasonable, a really good, have a really good additional stream of revenue in your business, at least five figures or more on a yearly basis, okay? And if you love to travel, if you love to go different places, if this is part of your message, if this is what you're encouraging your clients to do, then I really want you to think about leaning in and being open to adding that in your business. So, okay, so let me talk a little bit about how I decided to structure this particular event and some of the changes that I made. I've been coming to Key West for over 20 years, really close to 25 on vacation. And I knew that when I wanted to add retreat experiences, that this would probably be the first place that I would do one for a destination event. And that was for a couple of different reasons. One is, is I love being here. Um, I love the energy here. I know lots of people here. And I think when we want to think about doing something somewhere, I think the thought of somewhere that we haven't been can be a little intimidating, okay? even if you love to travel and do new things. And I knew that, that that really would be off the table if I came here because I know so much about this island and how things roll. And I know have lots of contacts. And so I knew it would be fairly simple to put something together. Um, and I think that that's a really daunting thing to think about. If you're do, adding some, some element of travel to your business and you're looking at going somewhere that you haven't been, maybe you don't really have an idea of what to expect. So that was something, a decision I made a long time ago, and I have never regretted it. So um, it was an easy sell, an easy decision for me to make to come here. But this year, what I found is this is my seventh retreat experience in Key West. And, and as you know, if you do any type of experience with travel or any type of in-person event, you know that timing is really important for people. And what, I, what I'm finding over the last few years is that, you know, people know to look for May as a retreat month for me. And you want to do that if you want to establish doing any type of in-person experience in your business. You, it, I think it really helps if you have a certain time of year when you do it, because people will start to look for that with you. Okay. We have to remember that a lot of the people that are watching us, we're not aware are watching us, okay? I have to remind myself of that a lot. And I think in today's world of social media, where we're used to getting likes and comments and followers, and we sort of confuse that with being super successful if you have like thousands and thousands of followers, 
you know, a lot of people who buy, who choose to work with us are not necessarily people who are always commenting and liking. They're kind of, I call them lurkers. They're kind of like in the background or on the sidewalk, right? They're kind of watching and they're kind of waiting to make their decision. And these are the people that we have to remember that we're always talking to, okay? The people that are going to buy, like right now, when you make a post or you make an offer and they're ready to buy right now is really very small in your community, especially if you're online at all. And so what we have to remember is, is that there are always people watching and there are always people making decisions, even if it's at the last minute. And what I found over the last few years is that two things. People know I'm in Key West usually in May doing retreats. So if they want to come here, they know that's a good month to join me. But two, what I found is, is that as I've done this over and over again, there's been more and more demand for different dates. So I usually will do a much smaller event down here in the fall, sometimes in November or December. Um, it's usually when it's starting to get cold up in the in North Carolina where I live and on the East Coast. And Florida is beautiful all you know during the year, of course, but in December, it's exceptional here. It's not super hot and humid. Um, it's still beautiful. You can still be outside in shorts if that's your thing. And it's just really pleasant to be here. Um, I usually am very careful to stay away from holiday weeks for obvious reasons, right? So it's usually the beginning of December when I'm here. Um, and I'll be back here again this fall, the beginning of December as well. But what I found in talking about doing experiences here is that the demand for dates has grown. So this is the first year that I've actually offered a second retreat, which we're going to kick off next week. And so what I sort of needed to decide to do was, do I want to do the exact same program or do I want to structure them a little bit different? And as it turns out this past week, there were a couple of my participants that for whatever reason got their dates mixed up and were not able to come last week. And they're instead going to come next week. Just fine. That happens. We have to remember as retreat leaders, we have to be flexible with people and be open to the fact that dates are always a moving target for people. Whereas when we're online, we sort of take some of that complexity away, right? Because they can join from wherever they are. That's not going anywhere. But we have to keep in mind that's not enough reason to not think of doing in person, okay? So instead of thinking, well, this isn't going to work this year, I'm just going to look at another time, I decided to offer a second trip. And I'm doing that next week because I'm here most of the month anyway, and it just makes sense. Why not, right? I don't really have anything to lose. I have a venue. I have a house here that I stay in. So it just, it seemed to work. So that was one big change I made. But in doing that and looking at my retreat program, I needed to make some decisions because I knew my first group was going to be a little bit smaller. So, hey, if you're wondering how you can put together an amazing client experience, or maybe you're doing these in your business already and you're thinking about how you can innovate and change, I want to offer you a free gift. Go to my website at www.theallisonk.com forward slash mini hyphen retreat playbook. If you go to the homepage of my website and scroll to the bottom, you can punch your email address in and get it sent directly to your inbox. It's my free gift. This is my five-step process that I use in creating every experience, retreat, and event that I do in my business. And I would love to be able to share it with you absolutely free. Head to my website again, www.theallisonk.com forward slash mini hyphen playbook and grab your copy of that now. So what I decided to do was is a couple of different things. I decided to try out sort of a new series of activities. 
And as a retreat leader, when you are making adjustments to your program, if you do the same program at every retreat, maybe you just make some adjustments and a lot of retreat leaders do that. Or maybe you do specific type theme events. And I do both. I have a, a methodology that I like to use in some way, shape or form at every event. But I also really believe in the power of theming an event based on your location, because I think you can really add something unique and different. And of course, Key West is no different. There's all kinds of fun activities that you can do really outside of the nightlife scene. If that's really not your jam, then there's lots of things to do to revel in the beauty of the keys, to learn some history about the keys, to sort of embrace the unique eclectic culture that's really here on a daily basis. So I decided to add some different activities. One of the things that I've been talking a lot about in my program is this series of exercises to challenge your way of believing and trusting in yourself. What I have found in working with a lot of my clients over the years is that a lot of us, a lot of people know what to do. The problem lies in being consistent and believing in your ability to see it through and to stay consistent, right? So I decided to add some activities to speak to that a little bit in my program. It really made sense and felt aligned with me to do that since my mission is all about helping you live and embody your best life. And that's a combination of obviously being active, um, some type of fitness component, obviously daily self-care, the thoughts and beliefs you have around that. It's really all about living your best life, which is living into your future self. The future version of ourselves, we have to remember, is in the same room with us at any given moment. And there's really the only thing that keeps us from living our future self, living a life that our future self is doing is the way we're behaving on a daily basis. The way we're behaving, the way we're thinking, what we're believing, how we're taking care of ourselves, it's all connected. So it really made sense for me to add a module, if you will, or some activities around sort of playing with that concept. And this is the first retreat where I've really done that. In the past, I usually have an entire segment devoted to belief work. And so a lot of what we do on my retreats is we'll, we help you come up with what I like to call a primary belief or energy statement, which is something that you're, it's sort of like a mantra. It's something that you're living on a daily basis. And we have some, some thought prompts and some activities that we do to sort of help you get more comfortable with that. I think when we think about what we want to do in our future, I think it stops us in our tracks because we start to think about all the things that have to be different and it can be overwhelming. So we want to always be aware of what we're thinking about it. And that's why I always have that somewhere in my retreat program. But this year we did an entire set of exercises around what I have called the trust factor, which is a combination of you know, what you're believing, what you're thinking, how confident are you, how much do you trust yourself? We, we rate these feelings, if you will, in us, and we relate them to how we're taking care of ourselves. The, you know, the daily self-care habits that we don't tend to be as consistent with, I want you to think of those as energy leaks, okay? Because that's really what they are. What I end up finding with people is that they hyper-focus on a couple of things and everything else is sort of like when I get to it. Well, the whole point of what we do on retreat is to help you come up with a plan that ties all of that together, okay? And so really knowing where your trust factor is and how you can work to strengthen that, I find to be incredibly helpful. And this year, it was really kind of fun to do it with my participants last week and kind of see their ahas and their takeaways. You know, it really just involves looking at how we're doing ourselves in a different way. So I guess my point in all this is, is that I want to communicate to you that you can add something different 
with a small group. I think we can think, well, it's a small group. It's not going to be the same, but that's really not true. I think you can have an extremely impactful experience with a small group, especially if you're open to making some changes and making things so that they benefit the people that are here. Okay. You know, remember, it's not about making our work fit them. Okay. It's about what's going to help them have the best experience. And it doesn't mean that we have to teach something totally different, but maybe it means that we just need to be open to moving a few things around in our program so that they can get the best results. Okay. So that was a big, you know, that was something I had thought of before this as a retreat leader, but to be able to actually do it with them here just confirmed what I already knew. So I wanted to make sure that I shared that with you. The other thing that we did different here was is that we, I really gave them more focused downtime. Instead of saying, take the afternoon and do what you want, which is what I see a lot of retreat leaders do. Nothing wrong with that. But remember, that doesn't change anything for us. You can do that on vacation. You can do that when you get away with girlfriends. You can do that, you know, when you get away with friends or whatever. Okay. But what I did on this particular experience last week with both of my participants was, as I said, let's take the next couple hours. Let's do a little journaling. I gave them some ideas on something to think on. And I said, if you'd rather spend time at the pool, if you'd rather go take a walk, if I gave them some, some direction on some activities to do, but it was more focused down time. So it was time to themselves, but it was also time that they were using to kind of feed into this future story a little bit more. Because we have to remember as retreat leaders, when we're doing work that's really can be really challenging for our participants, okay? Um, think about the fact that when we're trying to make changes in our own lives, that can be challenging for us. It's, it's also incredibly challenging for our participants. That's why they're coming to us for change, right? Because they're not getting what they want on their own or whatever avenue they're choosing to do. So that worked really well this time. And that's something that even when I have larger groups, I'm going to be very intentional about working in because it's one thing to say, let's take a 30 minute break go stretch, go do what you want. But it's another to take a focused block of time and say, here's what I want you to be thinking about. Here's what I want you to be ready to share. Here's what I want you to write about. Now go do this. So you're getting some downtime, but you're energetically, you're having some time for this, these new thoughts and this work that you're doing to actually process. So it's not a matter of, one of the best analogies I like to use is if you go to a conference or a workshop, right? And there's a lot of stuff going on. And we really feel like we're overloading our brains to an extent. And I remember one of the, usually when I go to a conference or an event, day three, I'm usually like an overload. You know, it, I have a hard time remembering things. I have a hard time letting things really drop in for me so that I can apply it to my day-to-day -day life and my day-to-day -day work. And I think we forget that it's not about cramming as much in as you can. It's not about having every hour scheduled. It's not about having all these activities. And I think a lot of retreat leaders have tricky thoughts around, well, if I don't have a lot planned, nobody will want to come. And I just want to tell you that's a bullshit. Okay, sorry, not sorry. So I think having some really focused downtime with an intention to it is really key for you as a retreat leader, but also for your participants to really work on getting the result that they want. Okay. Because remember, we can't want it more than they do. They have to be willing to not just do the work, but implement the work. And it takes practice. It's like practicing to ride a bike. You don't, you're not ride it perfectly the first time you do it. Okay. Those were two really big changes that I made this year that worked really, really well. And I'm going to be implementing them both on my event that starts next week. 
So if you have ideas on how you structure your retreats or how you plan your activities or how you speak into this, I would love to hear them. Please feel free to reach out to me. You can go to my website at www.theallisonk.com. You can send me a note directly from my site, or you can just write to me at allison at theallisonk.com and say, hey, I really heard this, but this is something that I do that works really well. I would love to hear that. That's one of the reasons why I want to be speaking about this more in this space, because I feel like this is how we learn from each other. You know, we learn from each other over the things that go really well, but also the things that we think we need to change, we need to, you know, make adjustments to or whatever. Because remember, it is an evolving piece. And in order to be really good at what you do and to really hone your craft, you have to be willing to treat things as moving targets. Okay, what we think and believe about it is key. We have to be our number one fans, literally, okay? But we also want to be open to how can we move things around in a way that still gets us the results we want, but more importantly, helps our clients get the most amazing results that they deserve in an experience that that can be really revolutionary and different. Remember, we don't want to be like everybody else. You shouldn't want to be like everybody else. You should want to design your experiences in a way that really works for you. I hope that's helpful for you. Again, feel free to reach out to me if you have an idea for a client experience, if you're delivering amazing client experiences in your business and you would like to share about that here in this space, please reach out to me and either me or someone on my team will make sure that you get the booking link and we can get that process started. That's what I got for you today. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will see you on the next episode.